Episode 44 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. My name is Marissa. I am a first officer at a regional airline, and I'm building an airplane with my kids. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cadence Aviation. Cadence Aviation makes headsets that are affordable and work amazing. I have been testing out the PNR headset for the last week, and I would highly recommend it. You can catch it on sale right now on their website, cadenceaviation.com, for $149. Go and check it out. That's cadenceaviation.com. What is going on, AV Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Today, I'm talking with Marissa, also known as Barefoot Flying Mom on Instagram. Marissa has an incredible story. She is a single mother of three who happens to fly for the regional airlines. She is making it happen and doing some big things in the industry. Some of the things Marissa and I talk about today are how she had to let aviation find her, how she was 18 when she took her first official flight lesson, why Marissa calls herself a hybrid pilot, how Marissa moved to Hawaii to build hours, how it is incredibly hard to get a flying job in Hawaii, what motivated Marissa to actually take the jump and fly for the regional airlines, what it's like to non-rev with kids, and we talk about the platform that Instagram gives people and the way that people are able to influence others and create an awesome community, kind of like the Aviation. Aviation. speaking of that, if you like today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know on our email, pilotthepilothq at gmail.com or check out our website, pilotthepilothq.com. You can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash pilotthepilot. There you can support us at $1, $3, $5, $20. We do have stickers there. You can also purchase stickers, Venmo to pilot to pilot. Send me your shipping address so I can ship that to you as well. And to be honest, we'll ship it all over the world. I just mailed some out to Australia the other day, so it might take about three years to get them, but we will try to ship them and get them there as soon as possible. Aviation, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. It is just a great episode, and it's just awesome to talk to someone who just loves flying, loves the romance of flying, and really enjoys what she's doing. She's doing some really cool things, so stay tuned and make sure you're listening up to this episode. Aviation, without further ado, here is Marissa. Hey, Marissa, thanks for coming on the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Well, thanks for having me. No problem. I'm excited to talk with you, and as the intro said, you are doing something that I don't think many people are actually doing where you said you're building an airplane with your kids. So I look forward to talking with you about that. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun adventure for sure. (laughs) An adventure (laughs) sounds like the right word. (laughs) Well, cool. Let's go ahead and kind of get started like back where it all began. Why aviation? What brought aviation to you? Like what, what was the reason behind becoming a pilot and flying? Um, I think Aviation really found me. Um, I grew up in the 80s and um, back before, right, when you had TV like all the time, you had like 13 channels or something and bunny ears. (laughs) And so I What's that? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) You don't know. So you'd go outside to go play and um, spend a lot of time outside, um, spend a lot of time like, you know, watching birds fly and pretending that I was not living in Riverside, California. And, um, I don't know, I just wished and imagined myself to be a bird and it kind of helped that my dad was a pilot. So that helped, um, uh, encourage, you know, that, that, uh, dreaming. And I, uh, have many, uh, childhood memories of going to the airport with my dad and flying and, uh, sitting on phone books before you could see over the dash. And <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of fun stuff like that. Yeah. Did your dad own a plane or did he rent planes? 
Uh, we would rent. He was a flight instructor cool. and, uh, the requirements were a lot different back then, uh, for, uh, flying, um, his vision, he would, uh, wouldn't have allowed him to go to the airlines at the time. Um, but, uh, so he stayed close by, you know, and, uh, flew skydivers and, uh, flight instructed. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, I've talked about many times, just the many things you can do with aviation where you don't have to be an airline pilot. You can be a flight instructor. You can fly skydivers. There's other routes that you can go down and still enjoy a career in aviation. So your dad is a great example of that. Yes, he definitely was. (laughs) Do you think aviation would have found you if your dad wasn't a pilot? Or do you think that the fact that your dad was already flying, it kind of helped push you into that, that realm of or to fly airplanes? Uh, I think I, I think I would have, um, I might've taken a little bit of a longer route maybe, but I think when you really, um, have something that you're passionate about, I think you'll eventually get there, you know, just might not been in the same, um, the same amount of time, you know? Yeah. So. So you are in the airplane, you're flying. When did you take your first lesson? When did you actually fly for the first time? Uh, I didn't take my first lesson until I was 18. Uh, and, uh, I was kind of like a sporadic on again, off again, student pilot. Um, my, um, my dad was actually killed in a plane crash when I was 12. So that was like a big, yeah, it was, it was, it, it sets, um, a different tone, you know? And I think for me it was, um, I became really protective of flying then too. So I didn't really start when I was younger, which I probably could have if he had not passed. But, uh, uh, when I was 18, I went to the local airport and began taking lessons. So did that, like you said, it kind of, was like in the back of your mind a little bit. Did you ever ride eye flying for that? Or do you think like your love for flying overcame some of those fears? Um, I think that my love for flying overcame the fears. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it was just, I see flying as definitely this great love story. And I think that with any great love story, you can lose people and, um, that doesn't keep you from loving it though. No. You know? So I, if anything, I, I think it probably magnifies it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that needs to be respected. And I feel like it's some things that pilots don't always think about is that there are risks to what we do. Like there aren't crashes don't happen to everyone, but they do happen to some people. I've lost an engine in a two six and had to land on a, in West Virginia, but it's just not something you think about all the time. You know, we don't think about the risks that come along with, with flying all the time, but they're definitely there. Yep. Absolutely. Um, well, you're going to, so you started flying when you're 18 and you took your first flight. Did you do your training through 141 part 61? How did you get all your training? I did it part 61, um, all civilian. <laughs> a lot of people ask that too, if I was in the yeah. military and I'm like, Oh no, I paid for it. If you sign up for military. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd rather pay through money than pay through, uh, devoting 10 years of my life to the military. Yes. But I do respect those that do. Oh, and, for uh, sure. So, <laughs> yeah. for sure. but it was, yeah, I did it on my own and, um, I was definitely, yeah, the sporadic pilot, um, at 18, I also became a licensed skydiver. So Dang. I found myself, yeah. So when I was up in the air, I would hear, you know, jumpers away and I was like, oh man, I want to be jumping out of the plane. And so <laughs> I had like this like struggle of staying either in the plane or <laughs> like, yeah. so 
yeah. I've talked with other skydivers before and they kind of say the same thing. They have a, a true love for the adrenaline of jumping out and they're like, oh man, it's such a beautiful day. Just jump out of the plane. <laughs> it's like, no, I got to <laughs> land it. I got to do this. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Or I find myself as a skydiver on the flip side of it. Um, I'd go up for like a sunset jump and I'm like, 60 seconds is just not long enough. And I'd stay in the plane then to go fly around. And I was like, <laughs> this is where it's at. So that's funny. Yeah. What did, um, how, do you think many skydivers also want to be pilots or do you think some of them are kind of like, nah, I don't want to do that? Uh, I think in ways, a lot of skydivers are pilots. Um, they have the, um, they do have a, you know, an airfoil, you know, and they definitely understand lift and drag and all that kind of fun stuff. I, I think that, um, they're probably more of a pilot than they th- maybe think they are because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think they probably all make good pilots. Maybe not all of them. I can take that back. <laughs> I was going to say some pilots don't make good pilots. So <laughs> <laughs> This is true. My yeah. Favorite. But um, yeah, I think that in ways that they are pilots, I mean, in free fall, you're a body pilot. You're manipulating the air and getting your body to, to go where you um, desire. So, Do you still jump now or have you kind of given that up? Yeah, no, I uh, stopped jumping a long time ago um, when I became a licensed pilot in 2002 uh, I pretty much, I think I only took maybe half a dozen jumps after that. So it's been on my bucket list to, to go skydive. I'm terrified of like free falling though, that feeling in your stomach, but I want to do it just to overcome that fear. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you actually do not lose your stomach ever. Oh, so really? it's just, yeah, well, cause you'll, you'll exit the plane and you're going about 90. So you're actually, if you imagine putting your hand outside, like, um, your car window, you know, down the freeway at 90, you're going to feel a lot of force. So you feel force and then you speed up to about 120. And so it's just force to more force. So mm. you just don't, you don't lose your stomach, but you do lose your breath. A lot of people breathe in, but then you're fine. <laughs> when yeah. you finally exhale. You're like, Oh, I'm here. <laughs> this is cool. I'm still alive. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What, um, Going back to your training a little bit, did you have any issues with the training at all, like failed check rides or shady maintenance or just bad flight instructors? Oh, all the above. Uh. Um, I know, right? <laughs> so uh, I think the shady maintenance really came into after I became a flight instructor. <laughs> but but um, I went through one of these uh, accelerated – after my private, I went to an accelerated uh, – school mm-hmm. who shall rename nameless and uh <laughs> <laughs> um just the the schedule check rides were not really um personalized to somebody's uh, uh way of learning yeah. you know so you'd have uh, check rides that were scheduled even go- before you showed up for class which i think okay. when you're learning yeah primary instruction and i i don't think that's probably the most beneficial way to learn. I mean, it's one thing to kind of schedule something at an ATP level, but I think once you're learning all those primary, um, earlier on ratings, I think that it's, it's wise to kind of be, uh, flexible, uh, to that person's. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. So it just, there was, yeah. So I did have a failed check ride and, uh, which is a humbling thing too, because everybody at some point is going to fail or have to retrain. So it just makes you, 
you know, assess and. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like uh, the end of the world, you know, like airline, you're not going to be blacklisted from flying commercially. You're not going to be blacklisted from Delta or whatever. They still, they just want to see what you learn from it. Just consider it a learning experience and how you became a better pilot out of that and you'll be fine. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot, if you even look at some of the airlines, I mean, I, can, I don't know the history necessarily. You mentioned Delta, but there's other air carriers that actually went into like bankruptcy. And if you think about the perseverance, you know, I think if anything, it would show that you could persevere, you know, even after you, you know, got a pink slip. So oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, like you said, every uh, Czech airman always told me that this is a learning experience. Like you're not going to do everything perfect. I'm still here to like help further you and your career flying. It's like if you fail today, like don't be sad. Don't I mean, you can still be sad, but don't be like so frustrated yourself that it holds you back from your career. Just learn from it. We'll come back tomorrow, come back in a week, retrain, and then we'll go from there. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it is, it does suck, but it happens to a lot of people. And if you do fail, you're not alone. And it's just something that you shouldn't hang your head over. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned once you started getting in a flight instructing, and this is kind of like a, a thing that has been heavy on me and I just want to I feel like we can do it better I feel like the FAA or the airlines or someone they don't do a good enough job of helping pilots build time I feel like it's just kind of like hey go fly go flight instruct for a shady operator or go do aerial survey for someone who doesn't pay attention to these rules it's like I want the community to get a better way of building time so we don't have shady stuff happen as much as it does yeah, I totally agree. Um, I don't know how much like old school reading you do, but um, there's a short story that Richard Bach wrote called The School for Perfection. And I wish that flying was more about like this short story. Like there's a lot of um, like mentorship and stuff. And there's just that doesn't really exist. I think in today's age, a lot of people are so compartmentalized or they just show up at the airport and then they you know, have you know, 50 other things going on because that's life. I mean, that's, that's me too, but mm -hmm. it's just, um, I think the hanging out at the airport the whole day just to catch a ride or, or to, you know, back in the flight instructing days, like I remember being at the airport 7am to 7pm, just waiting for a student to come in. And, uh, that's what she did, you know? And, um, I don't, I don't see a lot of that anymore. Usually people are just there to fly what's scheduled and then leave. And, um, I think that there's a, that element is, is missing. Yeah, no, I, I would completely, it definitely has changed in a way that it's not as much hanging out the airport. It's more, I, I don't know if it's a shortage or what it is, but it's just, it seems to be more like even taking a little further. It's like those flight instructors, all they want to do is just turn and make money and make money off the airplane and off the instructor, which is fine. They're business and they need to do that. But at the same time, I, I feel like some companies and some maybe flight schools don't do a good enough job of investing in the airplane or maybe investing in the flight instructor itself. No, absolutely. There's, um, I don't know. I think I'm more of definitely the romantic pilot. So mm -hmm. I think that just the romance of flight, like we just, we stoke the fire for like technology. So now when you go into like any flight school, you're going to like find a 172 with a glass cockpit and autopilot. Yeah. And I'm like, what the, what the heck? I'm like, <laughs> You don't need any of that. And it's just, and, and I get it that it's cool and they're, they're nice like perks. It's great. But, you know, long gone are the days of trying to count how many, you know, knuckles you have to count the distance, you know, when you're flying <laughs> or like just looking out the window yeah. or, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's just, um, I don't know. I, I wish the romance of flight would come back, you know, For just sure. when people just 
I don't know. No, I know what you mean. I was actually on the opposite side. I never flew a glass plane until I got to the current job I'm at now where I'm flying a G5000. So before that, it's all been six pack. It's all been a Garmin 430 or 530. It's nothing more than that. And I didn't have an autopilot until I started flying for my freight company, which I flew PC12s. But it's just, they, it's more focused on getting the avionics. I feel like now, like, oh, the kids want G1000. So let's spend thousands of dollars on upgrading the equipment. And then now we can charge them. $250 an hour to fly a 172. <laughs> it's like, no, a 172 right. should be like a hundred or like $90. Right. Yeah. Or even if you go to, yeah, like it's, it's hard. Like when somebody comes up from flying like a 172 and they went out flying, they went from point A to point B. And, uh, I don't see that person light up like the way that I do seeing like a tailwheel pilot, right. like somebody that's been like a, in like a cub or just something. And it's like, they, I don't know. There's just like, there's, there's an element that's missing and I don't know, I, maybe it could be, could be the technology that's taking away from it. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, something's, something's missing and I'm not really sure how to bridge that yet, but yeah, I don't know. I think it might have to do with like, it's more of a video game now. It's more of let's watch the screen, put the, put the white triangle and the purple triangle and just fly straight and level rather than like, Hey, let's just go cruise and we'll, you know, we'll just go fly around and look outside and look at things. But now it's like, oh, hey, autopilot, take a picture, take a video, post on an Instagram type deal. <laughs> which we <laughs> exactly. all, we all, which we all fall to that every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, so you were flight instructing. How long did you flight instruct before you took the next step in your career? Uh oh, a long time. Um, so I, I'm like this hybrid. I, uh, I flight instructed in Southern California and then I, you know, was living paycheck to paycheck as all flight instructors do. And oh, yeah. one of my friends that I used to skydive with, she was like, Hey, you know what? I've always wanted to live in Hawaii. And I know if I don't move now, then I, you know, I just won't do it and I'll be, you know, I'll regret it. And I'm like, this, this sounds like a brilliant idea. <laughs> and, um, so I decided to move there with her and, uh, so I instructed in Hawaii and, um, I also was a licensed dispatcher. So I, I dispatched for a regional air carrier out there on Wahoo and then, uh, flew jumpers on the side. So I was kind of like always like a part-time, uh, I don't know, I guess not really say part-time, but I just, I guess I enjoyed the journey, you know, so mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I flew jumpers and, uh, on the North shore and, uh, flight instructed and, and I really thought I was really going to go to the airlines to be honest. I, I thought my, um, perception of what an airline pilot was, was kind of warped. I, <laughs> I thought that, I thought these were like crusty people that didn't, that didn't enjoy flying. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be stuck with somebody for hours in the sky while they try to wreck rain on my parade. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I'm like, that's funny. And then I, I know, right? I'm yeah. like, no way. But, um, whatever years later, you know, I, I just finally made the leap, uh, about a year ago for, um, the airlines. So if you do the math, uh, it, I took, I don't know, it took a lot, a lot of years offline. But, uh, <laughs> do you find the I captains raining on your parade at all? No, although do they do comment that they feel like they're flying with the kid around me and I'm like, thank you very yeah. much. So. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. So, so thank you. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. I saw all these movies. Okay. Again, another like eighties thing, but in the eighties you had like flight of the navigator and the never, never ending story. And like so many like really cool movies that I think helped 
you know, with the delusionment maybe that I have, but (laughs) I think that it's just, you know, it it stokes the fire and it's just a long time dream. And so you see it now and you're like, this is super cool. And it's an amazing, it's, it's an amazing job. Even when you're flying in the crappiest weather, you know, (laughs) craziest conditions, mechanicals, you know what, you still have the best damn job out there. And it's just, it's, it's super cool. It's, um, yeah. It's a, it's a shame that we let, and pilots are notorious for this, but it's a shame that we let other things get in the way of us enjoying our job, whether it's like contract negotiations, whether it's like, hey, I deserve to be paid this, or I need to be in the left seat. I'm not happy in the right seat. And we've all fall victim to it. You know, it's kind of like when you're building your time, you're constantly looking ahead to where you want to be, not where you actually are. And it sounds like you actually did a good job of kind of being like, hey, I'm flying jumpers in Hawaii. Like, this is awesome. I don't want, I don't really need anything else other than this. But a lot of people are, I remember when I was in my training, I was flying an arrow and I saw a 310 taxi by. I was like, man, I wish I could fly a 310. Then I was in the 310 flying an aerial survey company and I saw a Pilatus. Like, man, I could fly, I wish I could fly a Pilatus. And that just kept going and going and going. And now I'm flying a Latitude. And it's like, oh man, that 787 looks kind of cool. You know, I kind of wish I could fly that. <laughs> so it's like, I need to just stop and just be like, dang, like how many people would kill to do what I'm doing right now? Like people that are working nine to five every single day in a cubicle where I get to go to the most random places in the in North America and the islands, essentially, that people would kill to go to. So it's, we got to remember wh- what we're doing, where we're at, and just enjoy the ride. Absolutely. I'll give a big amen to that. Yeah, <laughs> amen. And I wish I could fly exactly. in Hawaii. What was the, what was the difference of flying in Hawaii and flying in, say, this the um the contiguous forty eight? Would you say there's a big difference there in the culture of flying at all? Uh well, they have their own set of rules. Um, I minor minor tweaks of the rules. I mean, just because you're limited on the uh, the amount of land that you have to work with, yeah. so uh, they have different. Um, altitudes you're supposed to be at different procedures for operating in and out and around the area um, of the major airports um, and then obviously the when you get into the long cross countries you're kind of limited on <laughs> just a little, on that yeah. where, where do you go <laughs> for long cross that. countries yeah <laughs> you can actually do it it's just yeah you're just you're limited and then um, a lot of it would just kind of be technique too I mean I I had a lot of like um you know, older, like old time pilots, whatever, you know, well, you'd always hang around people that just had more flying time than you did. And, uh, you know, they'd always, um, when I first got there, they were like, Hey, just, uh, you know, climb up to altitude before you hop over the, hop over the channel because, uh, you're not going to make it otherwise. (laughs) And they just give like a little like heads up that like a lot of flight schools would, they would just like, start flying towards another island still in their climb and it's like if you lose your engine you're actually going to be make it on the news so like yeah. you're just so i think there was a lot of little um kind of like rule of thumb and stuff you know that um i was very appreciative for yeah and i've um, heard that um you can get really good mountain flying training out there too like they take you in between the mountains and they show you what it's like i've actually heard of people paying to go there to go learn how to fly which fly perfect their kind of like mountain flying out there yeah, absolutely. And you have also the issues, you know, um, that come, you know, the, any of the wind that comes off of the mountains and stuff too, and, um, kind of what to, to look for. I mean, cause you're always, um, I mean, it's always windy out there unless you lose the trades. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's, um, 
really good instructor. God, you're making me missing Hawaii right now. I'm like, dang, I'm like, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get off the podcast and call your airline, and be like, I quit. I'm going back. <laughs> you know, you know what's even? I shouldn't say what's worse, but I'm actually going to Hawaii in two weeks to go recruit for my airline. Oh, and cool. so I'm like, man, I don't think I'm gonna come back. Yeah, like, you guys just... better be careful. You're paying for me to go there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like, Wait a yeah. No, but it's just it's super fun. It's beautiful. It's um, yeah. I don't know, and it's just. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Every yeah. I don't know if you've gotten to go to you know the islands and stuff, but it's I've just been there once. The I was peop- there for eight days. That's awesome. The yeah. people there are lovely. I know some people say they have issues, but I never. They love life and they love being a part of it. And I think as long as you respect that, then mm-hmm. yeah, they're just they're they're amazing. So. Yeah, I would agree. I flew into commercially. I my dad flies for American, so I got to fly standby. So I flew from standby from Charlotte to LA. I slept in the airport to LA to try to get on a flight to Honolulu, but I had to fly from LA to Kona and then get on like a, an island hopper and go from Kona to Honolulu. So it was, it was interesting and it took me a while to get there, but once I got there, it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Kona was probably my favorite place. There, that airport is so cool. It's just like right by like the like tiki huts. There's no roof. There's no nothing. Like you're just sitting outside and it's just awesome. Right. It just reminds me of like what old like the old air travel, like yeah. the glamour of it. Yeah, I would 100% agree. It was cool. And there's big planes there too, so it was cool. What um, So what is the aviation industry like in Hawaii? Are there a lot of pilots out there, a lot of people that want to be pilots? What's is it, Was it hard to recruit and get students? Uh, yeah, so I'm originally from Southern California. And yeah. there's kind of like, you know, people will, will say there's – but kind of referred to um, kind of like the amount of actors in LA type of thing. Like a lot of the sayings kind of end like that. They're like, well, it's kind of like the amount of actors in LA. And when I moved to Hawaii, I, um, early twenties, I was thinking, I know this sounds terrible, but I'm like thinking female pilot, I'm going to go over to Hawaii. I'm going to be able to get a flight, flight instructor job. And it was like actors in LA. There are pilots everywhere in, uh, on Oahu and every other <laughs> island too. Like it is, it's difficult to standby fly. It's difficult to get jobs because a lot of the airline guys, they're still flying fun GA stuff. Uh. So all of like the like tow plane gigs or flying jumpers are actually really hard to get into because people still love to fly and they, they fly them and they have a lot of, a lot of flight time. So, um, yeah, it's hard to get a job out there. You really got to hustle. I had two, two, sometimes three jobs at a time, but it was, um, but you're living in Hawaii and the beach is free. (laughs) The things we do for our dream, right? I know, right? Uh, Yeah. You make it work, but it's just, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of pilots out there, which is a good thing now, but it's, yeah. So what all, what kind of flying did you do out there? Did you say you flight instructed and you flew jumpers? Yeah, I flight instructed and then I flew jumpers on the North Shore out of Dillingham. What did uh, you, which one did you like more? Did you like being the teacher or did you like, hey, I'm going to go fly you guys to do something else that I love to do and kind of share your passion that way? Oh, that's a tough question because I love, I love both, but, um, I guess this is going to sound really selfish. I really enjoyed flying the jumpers because for half the flight, the airplane was mine, right? Like it was, I got to fly, (laughs) I was, solo solo in a caravan on the North shore. And for half the flight, it was my plane. Right. So yeah. it kind of very personalizes stuff. Like, you know, it makes the airport personal too. It's like, it's my airport and it's, um, 
it just, it was very beautiful. So I think that it just helped, um, with the romance of flight. Oh, you know, I, I, I watched, you. yeah, watched so many sunsets, you know, while I was flying too. And it was just like, this is a great life, you know? What, so you flew caravans. Did you fly any other planes for the, did you fly caravans or like any other popular jumper planes at all? Uh, well, I flew the Twin Otter, but that was in California okay. and then, uh, for a jump operator. And then, uh, in Hawaii, I flew the 206 twice, but I just preferred to fly the caravan. <laughs> yeah. the car- it's a caravan's a fun plane. It's a great plane. You can do a lot in that airplane. Yes, you can. Uh, I flew, <laughs> I <believe it> is- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I flew, I flew freight in a caravan and a PC 12. So I, 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 once I got to the PC 12, I kind of threw some shade toward the caravan, but every, once I got back in, it, I was like, this thing's fun. Like, it's just, right? you can literally do anything in it. You can land anywhere. You can go anywhere. You can take anything right? legally. It's a fun plane. And it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know that's where <laughs> I was, I, I know my laughter might've insinuated things otherwise, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great honest to God plane. Yeah. And, uh, it was fun. We didn't have a like jet fuel for a while on North Shore, so twice a day I flew down to Honolulu, which was super cool. Like I got to now go fly the caravan, you know, basically all around the island. So, that cool. um, and sometimes I would go around the island. I take the long way home, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> now I can throw myself under the bus for that. But right. It's, you know, and I would just let them know it was congested at Honolulu. That's what the like, <laughs> Marissa. Why are you late? Mike, I probably circumnavigated the island that's why (laughs) i mean honolulu vectored me all the way around they wouldn't let me land like what do you want from me (laughs) yeah no but it was super um it was super pretty and it was to be honest i only did that maybe a handful of times a week no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) a day yeah (laughs) no but it was was just it was neat you know and uh you got to go hang out with kind of like the big boys too and you you know you'd get in there during the big pushes and stuff and you know everybody was you know coming in from the mainland and stuff but it was uh so i i got the 121 world when i was dispatching for the um regional out there and then i'd fly ga so it kind of felt like both both sides were being fed you know so it was nice now you said earlier that you never really wanted to do the 121 world what drew you into the world what kind of was the appeal for you to make the jump uh well i I realized, um, so in (laughs) somewhere in there, I had gotten like married and divorced. And so then I stayed in dispatch thinking that it was the right thing for me to do as a single Mm -hmm. parent. And I'm like, well, I'm home every night. Um, it's a good job. Um, I'm around aviation and I came up with tons of excuses as to why that was the best course of action. And, um, because it was risky to go to the regionals, you know, especially with kids And, um, it wasn't until I made it to, um, a major airline carrier as a, uh, dispatcher and at a job where you basically either died or retired at, I mean, people don't leave, you know, once you, once you make it there, it's, it's good money. And I got there and I was just like, this is not what I love and left, you know? And, um, I think it was out of love for flying, um, as to, uh, why I, I decided to finally make the leap, but I almost exhausted all the other resources coming up with an excuse of why 
working the, you know, nine to five or, you know what I mean? I was trying to come up with a reason why I'm like, well, you know what, then I'll be home and my, my kids need to see me, you know, every single night. And the reality is, is that you're going to miss life events, even if you worked a nine to five, For sure. you know, with your kids. And what my kids need is to have, um, a mom that loves what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'm happy, then <laughs> wasn't there a saying, if <laughs> my, if mom is not happy, no one's happy yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, yes. It's kind of, it's kind of true, right? I uh, mean, because if my like if I'm doing what I love, I come home and I'm just everything else just kind of all the issues that you think are issues aren't real. Yeah. You know, you're like whatever. And uh so anyways, um sorry that I know I rambled. No, anyways, you're fine. Yeah, I, so that was Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so it was it was out of love why I went back to flying, and I, um, I think that's important though because, like you said, raising kids like uh, making that decision had to be a hundred times harder due to the fact that you had kids. Because I mean, my wife and I, my wife's gonna be a doctor, and I'm gonna be a pilot, and we're like, how are we gonna raise our children? It's like, does someone need to stay at home? But we both came up with the idea that like we need to do what we're passionate about, and that in turn will then rub off on our kids to find their own passions as well. If we are doing something that we don't want to do, I feel like you're kind of doing your children a disservice by not showing what because they look up to you, they want to be like you, they want to they want to see what you're doing and see that you love what you're doing. So if you have something that you love, you're going to help them find their passion as well. Exactly, and it doesn't need to necessarily be the same passion. And no. um. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you and your wife are light years ahead of where I was. I was just, I didn't realize how, how important that was, you know? And, you know, if actually you do the math, I'm actually home more than I would, would be if I was working a nine to five, the amount of time I'd be spending with my kids would be less than, um, the amount of time that I have now. And we get to travel and we stand by travel all the time. I love it when I hear people say that, like, it's so hard to non-rev and I'm like, dude, I've got three kids and we non-rev all the time. Like, <laughs> what are you complaining about? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, what the heck? So it's, um, granted, you just got to play the game. Be, That's it, right? You do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I do have to share this real quick. Cause do I'm it. just, it's like a parent. I know. Right. <laughs> so we were going to Alaska and, um, it was very poor planning on my behalf. I, I trusted the, the loads. I thought that we were, it was going to be a, a surefire win to be able to make it on the last flight from Indy to Houston. And then we we're going to go to, you know, Houston Anchorage and we show up and the flight right before it had canceled because of mechanical. So the <laughs> flight that we wanted to be on, I know, right. was yeah. tanked. And I was just like, ah, man. And my kids were acting like pills and they're normally very well behaved. And, um, I always told them, I said, the, I said, if you're well behaved, they'll give you a seat. And they weren't, I know you already see where this is going. This yeah. is so bad. And then, so I go up to the counter and I'm like, are there any other flights? And he goes, no, that was the last one. And I'm like, dang it. And so I went back and told the kids that they, we weren't going to get a seat because they were, they weren't behaving. And they <laughs> just, I know the whole drive back home, they were just bawling that they I'm couldn't so go sorry. to Alaska. <laughs> But you know what? Don't you know that they are like perfect angels every single time they go on a flight now? That's so. hilarious. And they'll hear this and hate me when they're older. But you know what? That's so I don't funny. Care. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think that was worth it. Worth missing that flight so they could learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah. The next morning we were on a flight and we were in Alaska by the end of the day. So That's it didn't make awesome. a difference. So 
That's cool. Right yeah, on. it's like you flying standby is definitely playing the game. I've had gate agents tell me that I'm never going to get out there. And then it turns out the next flight, someone didn't show up and I was on the flight. Sometimes I've had mm-hmm. to sleep in an airport, but I think overall it's been worth it. Yeah. I love cool that perk. when you somehow make it like yeah. some sort of, I don't act know. Just, I know. I was yeah. going to say that. Like it's an act of God. Like I, my, the kids have a nanny and she's actually on my standby benefits. Oh, and, cool. uh, so she's traveled with the kids and I'll prepare her. And I'm like, there's no way you guys are going to make this flight just so that you are aware. And then I'll receive some text saying, I don't know what kind of magic happened, but we're on the flight. (laughs) (laughs) Your kids will behave. That's what happened. They got (laughs) to see. Yeah. That's funny. So I wish that everybody could actually stand by travel before they ever got a revenue ticket. Cause I feel like we'd have a lot more appreciative passengers in a, Um, because man, when you win it, you're like, it's a lotto ticket. You're like, I am on this plane. (laughs) doesn't matter if it's a middle seat, back of the bus, whatever it is, just get me on this plane so I can go to Alaska or wherever you're going. Right. (laughs) It's funny. I was, uh, my wife and I went to Jackson hole, um, to go to yellow to, I always get them confused. Yellowstone or Yosemite. It's Yosemite. Yeah. Right? No, no Yellowstone. Yellowstone. There. Yosemite yes. is California. Yeah, Yellowstone. I haven't been to Jackson Hole yet. Oh I heard that's my gorgeous. gosh. Yes, it was the best. So my dad, we I can pay the taxes or I can I have to pay for it since I'm not on his benefits anymore. But we paid to fly standby. We're there for five days. That was one of the, the flights we we're trying to get home was oversold. So we couldn't get home. So in my company, you can fly on empty legs on any plane to go somewhere, which Shut is like up. cool. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's awesome in theory. But they decided before we were going to the airport that they were going to change that flight and do a passenger flight from Jackson Hole to Houston. So we had no other option. So our only option was to rent a car from Jackson Hole and drive to Denver, which was nine hours, and then (laughs) wake up at five o'clock in the morning to go get the first flight from Denver to Chicago so I could go to work the next day. (laughs) But you know what? That's where all great adventures start. I swear on my life, like it, if you look at your life in review, like you would laugh at that, yeah. you know, at that story. Cause you're like, that is awesome. And, uh, no, seriously, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, it's fun. Um, it, like you said, it, it creates a good story and it just adds more to the trip, which I mean, it was fun driving through Wyoming. It was a beautiful state. You got to see so much. And I actually drove through like an active fire spot and you could see where the big tanker put all the fire returning down and everything was just covered in red. And I'd never seen anything like that before. So I got to see some cool stuff. So I, I guess it was worth it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And you kind of, you kind of bridged to this already. So I'm going to go ahead and bring it up a little bit. Um, what's it like? raising kids being a pilot like i know that you said you have a nanny is that necessary do you have to have that do you have family that helps like i know i said earlier that's just like one of my wife and i's like biggest fears like what are we going to do when we have kids like how do we raise them but you're doing that right now like what's what's that like um well it's difficult every single day so but it's parenting's difficult every single day regardless um (laughs) like and you have to go for the easy wins too. Like if the kids just got out of the house and to school, you won. Okay. I don't care what kind of clothing they had on, but you know what? <laughs> if that happened, you gotta like gotta celebrate. Pop the champagne. Yeah, you gotta, it's, it's the tiny. <laughs> I know, right? If your kids had pizza three nights in a row, guess what? They ate food three nights in a row. <laughs> so you gotta look at the win in a different light. Yeah. But um do I, do the kids need a nanny? Yeah. In our situation, they do. Um, uh, it is definitely, uh, single parenting. My, I'm from California, so that's where my family's at. And Mm -hmm. I'm just outside of Louisville, Kentucky now. So, um, 
and uh, their dad travels for work, so is not. Uh, it's it's really like me co-parenting kind of with my with the nanny, really, because yeah. <laughs> those are um, so. And actually, she just moved in here, so now she. Uh, so it's like I've got four kids now. No I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> they all have travel benefits, so it's got to be okay for them. I know. Yeah. Really. So um, yeah, no, it's just you know if you try to figure out a plan, um, life's just gonna laugh at your face. You know, it's just it's it's uh, you you figure it out, you know, every day. And uh, but uh, for the situation that I'm in right now, yeah, I definitely need a nanny for the yeah. kids. But well, it's it's helped immensely. You're like a walking testament that it can be done for people, though. So I, I saw that from your your Instagram page too. Just kind of like you make it make it work and you just showed off that you guys are so happy and I'm, I'm sure it's not that all the time like i'm sure there's terrible moments and you miss stuff because you're flying and stuff but your instagram page from the brief time that i've been looking at it and followed is just showing like you show the good and what it that it can be done and that you can have a good life doing it so i think that you're definitely helping people see that whether it's in your situation or whether they have a similar situation where they maybe are afraid of being away from family or having their kids not see their mom or their dad but i think definitely your page and how you tell your story definitely helps people well i really appreciate that and i think that's probably the most rewarding thing about social media is that i've had a lot of moms and well dads too they'll reach out and they're just you know a lot of fears and Mm -hmm. similarities and so i i think if anything it kind of brings to surface that there's like a whole tribe of us out there where we're just you know you're just trying to figure it out and everybody has fears and and questions and it's just you just do it and then I don't know. And I think it's just perspective too. I mean, I've worked in the airline industry for years, um, even in, when I was in flight ops. So I was already used to working holidays. So mm-hmm. the mindset of like not being home from a holiday, like it's not a big deal. Um, baby Jesus was not born on December 25th anyways. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. so if we want so and then being a single parent, I only get my kids every other holiday anyways. So right. I'm like, I've, I've learned very early on that it's, um, you know, a, a holiday is whenever you want it to be, yeah. you know, if you want to celebrate it, you know, sometime in February, that's fine, yeah. you know? And, um, it also helps just, that you get like double pay when you work the holiday too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Helps pay to for those pay presents. For yeah. Holiday. I yeah. Don't really know. yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, no, it's just, um, yeah, I lucked out. Actually, I just looked at my November schedule and I actually do have off Thanksgiving. Nice. I was like, wow, sweet. Look at so, that. Um, I know, right? Yeah. Like, how does that happen? That's awesome. No, but it definitely, like I was saying, I, I definitely think it's cool. And I agree with you. Instagram gives everyone kind of a platform that wants a platform. You know, like if you want to put your life out there for people to see, I think that Instagram is also a helpful tool. I think it's kind of like what blogs used to be. Like people used to read all these blogs, but now they can just go live vicariously through you or kind of see what you're doing through your posts and stuff. So Instagram has definitely given more people a platform. And I, in some cases, it might not be good and it could be bad. But I think overall, Instagram does a good job of creating communities out there. And the aviation community is definitely one of those. And then you have the subset communities in aviation, like single single parents that are out there that are just kicking butt, you know? So kudos to you and kudos to everyone out there. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm looking for my kudos in the mail then. So yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Why doesn't my airline recognize my kudos? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, Instagram. I'm tell them that. Yeah, know, you should tell them, tell them after you get back from Hawaii though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or when you stay in Hawaii and be like, well, I wanted my kudos. That's why I'm still here. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. 
So you are currently flying for the airlines. Is this kind of like your end goal? Do you have any other goals that you would like to reach in flying or what's next? Um, well, actually, um, I think like the first goal that I ever had was I really wanted to have like an air museum slash discovery center. And, um, so that's always been on like my heart since I first became a pilot. Um, when I was, you know, in my early twenties, that was like five years ago then. Yeah. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so it was like, no, no, for, I don't know, for almost 18 years then I've wanted to, um, open an air museum. So that's always one thing that keeps resurfacing. So I think long-term I'd like to be able to have something like that, whereas I really love the outreach mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's, um, to see a kid's eyes light up, you know, is, um, it's awesome. And also being a flight instructor really opened my eyes to how flying is actually available to so many more so many more people than we give the opportunity to, I think. Yes, um, I completely agree. Like just because somebody's limited to, um, you know, maybe even a handicap or whatnot, it really might not be a handicap for them at all. It's just something that we perceive it to be. We had a, um, group of, um, a, a school for the blind to come through and, uh, nobody wanted to take on the school and they called up our flight school and I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. Bring them out. And, um, so I was trying to think about what you would teach then. And I was like, oh, that's simple. It's like, I will bring our archer out there and I'm going to have my friend bring her Satabria out and we were going to do a pre-flight and, uh, them being able to see with their hands really Mm -hmm. opened my eyes to, to figuring out Mike, they see something that's a lot more intimate than I did. And, uh, it's just cool stuff like that. We were just like, this is, it's a cool thing to be able to instruct, you know, yeah. and it's not just to the person that wants to go fly airlines and, you know, um, but yeah, so I'd like to do, open the discovery center and then I would like to fly for majors. I've, I have my name in the hat a couple places. <laughs> if I had to say it out loud, I would say I really want to get on JetBlue. So okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see, you know, if it's meant to be, then that'll happen. Yeah. And, uh, um, well, JetBlue, if you're listening to this, you should hire her. I think she'd be I, great. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> no I know. I have a lot and to then, say, so this is going to help you out a lot. <laughs> no, <really? laughs> so, but there's, um, no, I appreciate what they're doing too with, uh, outreach. So that's kind of really weighs, weighs heavy on my heart is yeah. how to get the next generation, to looking up in the sky and figure out how to get them, Definitely. you know, out and up and into the blue. So there's just, and then there's always also the pipe dream of flying around the world in a PBY. And I, I believe that can happen. I just need somebody to finance all that. So. <laughs> JetBlue will finance it for you. Yeah, just, I need you to, I need a major to hire me. I need them to finance my trip around the world. That's not too much to ask for. <laughs> I know. Right. I mean, uh, shoot, I used to dispatch and I think I could, I could plan out the whole flight. Yeah. I, and this, this is the thing. I might not come back, but just give I, me your money. Yeah. <laughs> just give me your money. And yeah. I can make this happen. No, I don't know. Maybe take some fishing poles and catch your dinner. I'm there not really go. sure yeah. how that works. You but. should do it in like a float plane so you can just land and catch some dinner, cook it, and then go back off. Call Icon. You can fly like an A5 for Icon or something. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. There you go. 
Um, so we talked. You talked about. We haven't talked about it yet, but you said that you are building a plane with your children. What is that like? What kind of plane are you building? What's that process like? And are they in love with aviation? Would you say, or are you kind of passing the torch to them, or do you think that they might have other? Because I know we talked about earlier about how their passions can be different, but do you think that their passions are going to be aviation as well? Um, I think they all love flying to a certain degree. Um, I don't know if all of them would become pilots. I've talked to them about that. And, uh, you know, my son, when he's asked, he's like, I don't know, maybe I I haven't decided yet. And I'm like, well, that's cool. (laughs) Um, my youngest who's six, um, when people ask her if she wants to be a pilot when she's older, she's like, I'm already a pilot. And I'm like, wow, sass. So (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I know. I'm like, okay. And then my oldest, she's actually, she's taken two, two lessons, um, to get her gliders, um, rating. And so she can't solo till she's 14. She's 10. So for right now, she really likes flying. Um, she likes building, which, uh, um, I've always wanted to build a plane, uh, to be honest, I don't really, her, and I really thought it was really that technical because Mm -hmm. I say like, and, um, and a bunch of stuff like that. So (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, um, maybe I'm just not one of those people that yeah. will be able to build a plane and, you know, self-doubt. And um, I was, you know, just around other people that have built their own planes and expressed interest in wanting to build a plane. And my buddy that has a Pete and Paul, he's like, hey, Marissa, you know, I have all the plans to build a Pete. And uh, you've got the support team here because there's other people in the area that have Pete and Poles. Uh, and I'm like, okay, you have the free is, labor of three children. I know, right? Is, <laughs> you know, it's not labor, dude. This is yeah. a STEM project. Oh, so okay. anybody from any labor, you, 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 I'm kidding. Sweatshop. <laughs> You're listening to this. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, no, they, um, they enjoy it. So it's, um, so it's a wood, wood plane. And at some point we're going to end up, you know, covering it with fabric and, but it's, uh, you know, the design is, uh, the other one we're building is uh, the first one's a sky scout. So it's a uh, early 1930s and, uh, has a Ford model a engine on it and, mm. uh, old school. So you're not going anywhere fast, no. which is perfect. Yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> Louisville to Indianapolis in like three hours. Good luck. I know pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd need a tailwind still, I'm sure, but yeah. it's, um, so yeah, really, um, it's, it's really cost effective. And then, uh, uh, I mean, it is an economical. And then, um, we just, we don't, I don't know, I guess when I was going through my divorce and stuff, we just didn't have a lot of money. So we never did like things like TV. Mm -hmm. And so we just busied ourselves with doing fun projects. And so this is like our TV fund is building an airplane. So that's kind of (laughs) cool. Or they might just hate me again. So that's just fine. <laughs> I'm giving I, I'm realizing at some point they're probably not gonna like me, but it's um for right now we all get along very well. We're a very tight yeah. uh knit unit and stuff, but they love building. That's they cool. uh they think it's cool. They uh they're like little ninja circus kids, I guess. So cool. I like that. That's a good yeah. way to explain kids. <laughs> yeah. Just, when uh, uh when do you think the plans are gonna be done? Uh, well, I was hoping it was going to be done actually this last summer. So we yeah. had a little bit of a hang up. Uh, I'm going to coin that with the word adulting. There were adult <laughs> bills that needed to happen yeah. and, uh, which sucked. So it's, um, no, I, it'll be, 
it'll be ready to go before um, uh, probably not even next spring and or next nice. summer. That's awesome. What's gonna be the the maiden yeah. flight? Uh, probably in the springtime. It can actually get chilly out here, and it's an open cockpit. Yeah. Um. So probably I would, I would imagine springtime, and then there's a Pete and Pole fly-in up in Broadhead, Wisconsin, and it's the 90th. That's nine zero. Uh, Dang. Yeah, reunion this upcoming summer. So I'm going to end up flying it. So if it's going to take me three months to fly up there, it's got to be done by spring. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, I have no idea. No, but um, the, the goal is to bring it to that and then fly with my other friends that have Pete and Poles down cool. here in a little pack. I'm there. guessing so you can't fit too many people in there. So how do you choose what kid gets to go up first? Well, this one is actually just uh, a mom plane because oh. it only seats one. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for building my no. plane. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. I'm going to go fly around the world now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... um. Yeah, we're we actually do have plans for a, an air camper that um, is the next project too, and an air camper is a two seater. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a good first project to figure out how to um, cover and all that fun stuff. And then uh, I don't know, but it's kind of cool to think that we're building something that hypothetically my kids might solo or fly in. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah, so it's um, but I don't know, it's it's neat, and I just never. Yeah, sorry. I think I like trailed off. I ramble. I'm just really no, great at that. Fine. This is why it's a good thing we have checklists in the airplanes because I would probably keep going. Yeah, I'd be like, I oh, um, feel quantity required. Uh, did you see what happened? This blah blah blah. Like, All right, ten minutes so, later, we need to take off. I know, really. That's uh, totally me, squirrel. That's funny. Yeah, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, see, and just like that, it already left. Oh no! So the the technical side, I just didn't think I was really really tech savvy so i think i bring up the whole other side of flying where you can be this uh, a little bit flighty and still fly so um that's cool i mean i would not consider myself the most technical person either and the idea of building a plane seems impossible to me too and i also don't trust myself building a plane like i want someone that's put a thousand rivets in a plane to put build my plane for me and not have to i guess i would count on myself too but i don't know i just feel like i would mess the plane up and then the last thing i want to do is fly and have my wing fall off or something <laughs> i know right and i know it's it's a lot less dramatic than that like but that's how my mind is too i'm like i don't want like something to fall off i know you know it's embarrassing. i get laughed at when i say stuff yeah <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> but, like that's not really gonna happen i'm like but do you see where my mind's going with yeah. this so that's um, funny yeah, no, and actually with the wood plane, so it's um, a- epoxy, so it's glue. So oh, it's nice. even more sketchy. Yeah, so. that's super sketchy. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Amish build a plane. <laughs> I know, really. So I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's neat to, you know, pick out, you know, a tail number with the kids and what we're going to call it. And Have you nicknamed and, it uh, yet? Uh, Sky Gypsy is Sky what my, Gypsy. my kids, I, and I think what we were going to put on the side of it was, um, what did we say? Gypsy flying circus or Sky Gypsy flying circus going nowhere cool. but up, something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, it's, it's just neat to have a project with them, I guess. And then, For sure. I would definitely agree. That's awesome. All right. I do a section called rapid fire where you cannot ramble. You just answer the first thing that comes <laughs> to your mind and they're all aviation related. Um, they're not too difficult at all. It's just kind of like, what's your favorite plane? What's your favorite this? So if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you a couple of questions. Okay. 
What's your favorite plane you've ever flown? Why do you say that? Rapid fire. Um, ever flown is not the same as my favorite. Okay, so ever flown albatross okay. i got to fly an albatross yeah that's cool what yeah. is your favorite plane in general steerman what is the ugliest plane you've ever seen <laughs> um <laughs> i think i said the i uh, say the piaggio if that helps the piaggio that looks like a catfish yeah. that is really <laughs> it is yeah there's just like some odd ones i could probably even go with that one i can't yeah. really think of one but yes. Okay. We'll, we'll agree with the Piaggio then. I get a lot of hate for that yeah. because I do not like that plane, but everyone's like, oh, it's the best plane ever. The design's incredible. I'm like, it's <laughs> ugly. <laughs> it's so ugly. Yeah. All right. You are in an airport. You are on a crunch of time and you need food. What's your go-to airport food? Uh, my... Well, I, I pack food. I'm frugal like that. Oh, My sad. crunch airport... I know, right? <laughs> well, what's like your go-to in your in your bag? What's like your favorite thing to pack? Um, usually like vegetables or something, yeah. or I've got some sort of protein, like nuts or something. Yeah. So, if you would, you rather fly over mountains, the beach, or the flyover states? What the hell is the flyover state? What the is Midwest, that? like Kansas, oh. <laughs> yeah, like the places that no one really lands. They just fly over okay. to get to where they want to go. Over. Oh, that's a burn to that. Oh, the flyover state. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying now. My butt is that. Yep. Um, um, I'd I'd stay over the beach. Yeah. I figured that's where you'd go. Yeah. What's your favorite airline to fly on? <clears throat> oh, that's a tough one because I Jet Blue. Okay. I was gonna say me. But I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> anything I'm flying. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. I mean, I I love who I fly for right now. But yeah, I'd say. I like JetBlue. What's your favorite airplane or um, livery? What's my air favorite? Say it again. Your uh, what's a favorite paint job that you have for an airline? <sighs> Any um, anything that was old school. Um, like I'm the more of a original chrome American. Person. Anything that yeah is that more chrome or no? I like uh, the chrome. Polished like yeah, polished, polished aluminum. Yeah. Yeah. Very very old school. <laughs> right. All right. What is your favorite city to overnight in? Um, overnights that I've had. I really liked Kalamazoo. Oh, okay. So. I don't think it's I've fun. ever heard anyone say they like Kalamazoo, <laughs> so we have a first. <laughs> I know. Go figure. And, Kalamazoo's uh, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. It's not bad. Uh, what is your least favorite and favorite airport? That I've flown into or... Um, yeah, that you've flown into and that you've gone in as a passenger. If they're different. If they're the same, then that works too. Um, actually, I think... Oh, I don't think they're too bad, but it's flying it flying in as a passenger. I, I'm, I really... Um, I don't want to get heat for this, but like <laughs> Vegas, I really... Yeah. But the, I see it as a standby issue because you have to take that train... To, to change terminals and not just yeah. um but as far as like flying into me uh as me piloting um i don't i gosh i, don't, I really don't know that's terrible you love i don't really think i have a yeah i know right <laughs> i am a lover of all airports yeah, i don't hate anything yeah. yeah cool that works i mean that's tr uh, yeah there aren't Somebody many that i don't to like burn me i think i don't yeah. i don't think i've been burned yet so that's, that's good hopefully that doesn't happen <laughs> no. 
Well, those are all. Oh, I actually have one more. What is the one thing you have to have on you while you're flying at all times? So, like a an Apple Watch, four flat on your iPad, sunglasses. What all do you have to have? Um, I can only say one thing. What's my go-to? Uh, you can say a couple if you have to. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I have a tiara that is on my, I have the new Bose profile and yeah. I changed it up right now. I've got flowers and I'm going <laughs> to put some cat ears on here pretty that's soon. Awesome. So yeah, so that's my go-to. Um, I also personally, I just, I have a necklace that I wear with a P38 on it. So cool. that's, yeah, it's a world war two sweetheart charm. So I just, I like it. Nice. That's I don't awesome. really think it's superstitious or anything, but yeah, just, I don't know. That's cool. No, those are all cool things, and I like what you're doing with the ProFlight headset. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe you'll start a trend. Maybe Bose will come after and have like their own BFM style. Um, I know, right? <laughs> but dude, you could totally change it up. My daughter asked me if I'm legit going to have a tiara on there, and I was like, no. I'm like, the flowers is, but I've had a lot of. Um, people com- uh, compliment me on it. Well, passengers are like, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hey, you survived the rapid fire. I don't really have any other questions there. Uh, one last okay. thing I'll ask before we go is if someone came up to you and said they want to be a pilot, what would be maybe three, five, one? What, what, let's give them, what, what advice would you give them? Or tips? Um, tips? I would um, tell them, first of all, um, to protect and follow their heart and make sure you have a good support system. And uh, because no matter who you are and if you're learning to fly, it's going to be challenging. Uh, The last thing you need is somebody else telling you it's hard. It's like, well, yeah, of course it's hard. So it's climbing a mountain, (laughs) right? Like if you wanted to to climb a mountain, you'd pick people that were awesome and they were going to encourage you. So it's the same thing. So, um, just be, um, use your time wisely, you know, steady before you actually try to take to the sky and, uh, enjoy it. Um, it's all a journey. It's, um, and a great adventure. It's, um, you got that right. A journey and adventure is a perfect way to explain what this is because there's no set path. There's no, you can make it whatever you want to make it. You go at your own pace, do whatever you want to do with it. So the sky is literally the limit in what you would want to do. No pun intended. Yeah, I know, right? But yeah, no, it's, it's neat. And it's personal. Like, it's, well, you know that whenever you go fly with somebody, you can always ask them how you got, how you got there. And mm-hmm. it was, probably not the same way you got there and yet you guys are both sitting yeah. a couple feet apart from each other i've done in the sky i mean I've it's magical 44 i think or 45 of these and i've yet to really get the same story over and over again so yeah, yeah it's like you said everything's different and it's crazy yeah the but the peat and pole that we're building right now we're um we got it as a partial project and i was flying with a captain that that airplane was being built in a hangar right next to us. Like, no what way. are the odds? Yeah. I know, right? We're That's talking crazy. And, yeah, we we're exchange, exchanging stories, but you will have a lot of that. Um, it isn't this six degrees of separation, and flying, it narrows it down, I think, to like one. Yeah. I think there's only one degree of separation between pilots. It's crazy. I, yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. That's It is pretty crazy, and it's it's awesome. It's just a great community and a great thing. It is. And anybody that's not great, run away from them. Yeah. That's, that's my advice. <laughs> Shun them forever. Them. <laughs> don't. 
gosh, I saw something the other day. I'm going to botch it, the saying or something. But if somebody has something negative to say about you, um, oh, if somebody questions about how far you'll go, go as far away from that person that you can't hear them anymore. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was I like, like, that's it. perfect. Yeah, that is I, good. Yeah. So go away from the naysayers. There's plenty of those out there. Just Absolutely. whatever. Surround yourself with good people and they will help you get to where you want to get. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you so much. Like I said earlier, it's just really cool the platform that you have and what you're doing with it and showing people just how awesome it is to have kids and to raise them and just to, to fly. Because like we talked about earlier, a lot of that can turn some people off from doing what you're doing. So that's awesome. And keep doing what you're doing. Um, thank you again for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot about of your story and just see how much you love flying and just maybe get the romance of flying back in their life as well. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thanks um, for having me. And I hope one of these days we'll go uh, run into an airport um, at the same time or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's do it. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it and have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. And that is a wrap of episode number 44. Aviation, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to today's episode. I really think Marissa had a great story to tell, and I think she can really help inspire other people, especially my wife and I, just to to have kids and go for it, and uh, it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. She is just an awesome, awesome inspiration to so many people. And if you want to reach out to Marissa, check her Instagram out. It is barefoot underscore flying underscore mom. And you can also check out, I think she has a blog there as well, so you can read up some some stuff about that. But yeah, check it out. Let me know what you think. Please email me at pilottopilothq at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes or talk to me on Instagram at pilottopilot. Also, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pilot to pilot. Aviation, happy flying.